Howdy, folks. I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Hutari, and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that is devoted to spiritual growth. And when I'm talking about spiritual growth, I'm referring to growth in our relationship with God and in our relationships with one another. What I'm doing this morning is taking some time and having a cup of coffee in my studio here in Jacksonville, Florida. It's Saturday morning, and I thought what I would do is, once again, continue on with this whole aspect of a review. (laughs) I've been taking the past few days and taking a look at my life, a swatch of it, and like the past five years, and doing a review over it. It's kind of giving a helicopter view of what's been going on. And seeing the good, the bad, and just the indifferent stuff. Just the stuff. And the reason I'm doing it is because it's healthy to do that periodically to get an overview. It just really is. It's unhealthy if a person does too much of that. You get introspective, right? And it's like trying to peel an onion and find the center of it. And you get layer after layer. Pretty soon, voila, no onion, right? Same thing with self-examination. The drawback of counseling can be to continue to peel back the layers, and that's all you do. And introspection can also lead to other types of neuroses and paranoia and all this and the other thing. So it's not really a healthy thing. In fact, it's not a healthy thing to become too focused in on oneself, always reviewing. Same thing if you never review, because (laughs) there's a river that runs through Egypt. It's called denial, denial, right? Denial. Denial is not a fun thing. Denial is really like taking and trying to hide an elephant in a room, you just don't talk about it, and it's there, and you have to do all this stuff around the elephant, and you don't talk about the elephant, and you deny that the elephant's there for whatever reason, fill in the blanks. Denial. It's unhealthy, and it's potentially dangerous, because eventually, something's going to give, right? It's like putting too much pressure on a system, a hydraulic system. Eventually, a hose is going to blow. Wherever it's going to blow, it's going to blow. And typically, it's not in the place that you think, right? So, it's good periodically to have (laughs) a review. Excuse me. 
And so that's what I've been doing. And so in the midst of having a cup of coffee and putting this podcast episode together, in my review, I was looking at this whole aspect of anger. You say, why, why anger, man? Well, the reason because, or the reason for anger is because it's a part of life, man. It is more a part of life than I think any one of us like to give either acknowledgement to or credit to or whatever. It's bigger than what a lot of us consider. And in other people's lives, it's way too big. Funny how that is, right? Kind of like a review. Either too much, too little, or if it's like that Goldilocks thing is just, just right. So, with anger. Anger gets sometimes a bad rap or it's given too much credit or it's used too much. Let me explain. The bad rap is that, you know, anger is something that we just shouldn't have. Oh, you don't want to get angry. Please don't be angry. Ah, man, they were so angry. I can't believe they got angry about that. You know, you hear that a lot about anger. Whereas anger, anger, anger is actually a healthy thing. It's an expression, kind of like pain. It's an expression that something's going on that's out of order. If you got pain, it's because something is out of order. Anger is an indication that something is out of place. It's, fr- it's creating friction somewhere. And so it's an indicator that something needs to be dealt with. It's actually a good thing when dealt with in an appropriate manner and an appropriate time, right? If we deal with anger inappropriately or not at all, it creates problems. And so, once again, this wise individual in the New Testament of the Bible, by the name of Paul, when I say in the New Testament of the Bible, he was responsible for writing over half of it. God used him and still uses the writings that Paul laid out because of the power of the Holy Spirit and the relevancy that they have today, still today, that they carry today. The written word of God in the New Testament provided to us by the Apostle Paul is phenomenal. I say praise God, not let's praise Paul, except let's be thankful, man, that there are people that provide that kind of covering, that kind of input, that kind of ability given by God for our benefit. Thank God, man. Okay? And so, Paul wrote a letter to this group of people in Ephesus. And Ephesus was kind of like modern-day Turkey, okay? So their culture actually wasn't that much different than it is today in the Middle East. It had a Middle Eastern flair to it, but it was different than the Israeli culture, than the Hebrew culture. It was a Gentile culture. So they had a variety of other things that were going on in 
the makeup of their lifestyle. Nonetheless, there was one thing that was common, <laughs> and that is that people would get on each other's nerves. Regardless of what culture in the world you're in, relationship conflict is a reality, right? In your life, undoubtedly, relationship conflict at some point in time has been a reality like it has been in mine. How we deal with that conflict, and part of that conflict involves anger, man, it's important. And so these people, these people meaning the people that Paul was addressing back in like 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, of course people had conflict, but people were very intelligent dealing with things culturally on a different level, but nonetheless still navigating through life. And the conflict in relationships was as real then as it is now. And there was a ruling principle or a guiding principle that Paul was presenting, reminding them about, or presenting to them for the first time. And it was this. And it's found in his letter to the group of people in Ephesus. It's called Ephesians. It's in the New Testament. Toward the latter part of the New Testament, Ephesians Chapter 4, verse 26, in specific. So if you look it up, you'll find it in whatever translation, this particular passage that goes something along these lines. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry, so that you don't give Satan a foothold in your life. Okay, now that's my rendition. That's really close to most of the translations, so it's a paraphrase. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. What in the world are you talking about? Pretty basic. At the end of the day, if you find that you're still angry, don't let the sun go down, meaning don't go to sleep while you're still angry. Bad move. Because, he said, by doing so, you're actually giving Satan a foothold in your life, like a wrestling term, foothold. You ever grab someone's foot and twist it? And if you're a wrestler, you grab their foot and you put it in a hold. You can do just about anything. If you twist a person's ankle, they really don't have much to say about life except, ouch. A foothold. Satan doesn't need a foothold. And we're not going to talk about all of his exploits because it's not necessary in this podcast. And for me, the least amount of time that I talk about him, the better. I don't like the press that people give him. I think it's far too much he has far too much credit for stuff that he hasn't even done. However, let's just say that his ways are very problematic and we don't need to help him, okay? Anger, undealt with, is a way in which he gets a foothold, a vantage point. If you've ever gone to bed angry, you know the feeling. Initially, you don't sleep immediately 
unless you're absolutely exhausted. If you're angry at somebody, especially if they're sleeping next to you, like your spouse, but if you're angry with a coworker or with a neighbor or with someone from the store, wherever, if you're angry with somebody throughout the day and you go to bed angry, first of all, your sleep is not all that good. It's restless. How do I know? I've done it. I don't sleep very good. I haven't slept well when I have gone to bed still angry, unresolved. I joked one time, side note, that on my blinds back in the day when you had slide up and down blinds, you know, on the little paper thing, little spool. I said I would paint a picture of a sunset on there so I wouldn't let the sun go down. I'd pull the shade down. If I was still angry, even 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd pull that shade down. The sun wasn't going down on my anger. Get it? Well, I have gone to bed angry. And it hasn't been enjoyable. And waking up, the anger doesn't go away. In fact, it multiplies. It, it, it's like day two. Okay, so let's just say day 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 one, it's a level one anger. Day two, it's a level two anger, meaning stronger. And if it goes up to 10, 10 being the highest, one being the lowest, or zero being the lowest, 10 being the highest, like pain, day two is level two. Okay, it's best to deal with things on level one. Okay, but I've gone to bed level two. I've gone to bed the next day. Next day, I got like level three. It doesn't go away. That's the point. Anger doesn't go away by itself. You say, well, time heals all wounds. That's garbage. That's not true. Time doesn't heal anything. Time creates opportunity for denial. And we can pretend. And we can walk around saying everything's fine. But that's not true. It's unhealthy. And eventually something's going to happen that's going to blow. It's going to give. We can't take that kind of pressure. We're not designed to have that kind of pressure. That's why we deal with anger. That's why the Apostle Paul was telling the people, folks, conflict's conflict. You got to deal with it. And you can't let it linger. Otherwise, it's going to become more complicated. It's going to be, in essence, giving the devil a foothold. It's going to morph into something that's so far removed from what initially started that you're going to shake your head and say, what are we fighting about anyway? Because it's like that. Anger is like that. It's like trying to nail jello to a tree. It's hard, man, when it gets bigger and it like gets all slippery and you don't really... It's best to deal with it. Like right away, or soon, that same day, that same day, deal with your anger the same day, it makes life so much easier, I've done it, where it's been like five days later, finally, I get to the point where I just can't take it anymore, and I I, I talk to the person that's at level five, they don't even know anything's coming, and I laid down level five to them and it's like speakers blasting their hair back 
wind blowing their hair back, sound just exploding out of me, and they're getting a level five. They don't know what in the world I'm talking about. And I'm saying, you know what? You have a whole lot of nerve to come around here. Why do you think you can do anything like that? You know what I think of you? And they're like, good morning. Where did this come from? And so the temptation in their life is to say, wait a minute. And pretty soon they're at level five. And you got two people coming in at level five. You can start saying things that you regret pretty quick. Like, you know what I really think about you? And you really don't, but you've thought these things before and you know it's going to hurt. You say, you know what I really think about you? I never liked the way you do, and then fill in the blanks. Oh, well, the toothpaste is out of the tube. No way to put that baby back in. Uh-huh. Now, what started out five days earlier, previous to you doing what you just did, could have been taken care of that day on level one. That's why we don't stuff things, deny things, pretend that they don't exist, or, 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 we use anger as a tool of control. <laughs> now, this is a whole different thing. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. I'm switching gears now. We covered that. Keep current. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. It doesn't go away. Pretending that there is no such thing as anger doesn't make anger go away. It only exacerbates it. It's best to deal with it when it's current and you can deal with the anger on a level that it deserves. If it's a level one, it's a level one. Hey, man, if it deserves a level 10, deal with it that same day, right then. Don't let it mount. And then we begin to say things that we regret. That's the foothold. Stuff starts coming out of our mouth because out of our mouth, we have the power of life and death in the power of our tongue. Don't forget it, man. Especially if you're a leader. You have the power of life and death over your tongue and also anger. Hear me out. I don't care what level of leadership you're in. If you're a parent, if you're a husband, if you're a wife, if you're a pastor, if you're a businessman, if you are a political leader, a police officer, if you are a leader, you don't have the right to use anger as a tool of control. And if you are, stop it. Anger is not meant to be a tool of control. People can be controlled by anger. There are enough meek or mild people that get intimidated by anger and they shut down when someone gets large. And people that are crafty know that. So,
So if you're a person who gets shut down by angry people, ask God to help you. If you're an angry person that likes to shut people down, stop it and get help. Because those issues of control are nothing more than rebellion, which is nothing more than witchcraft. Witchcraft is the craft of control. It's as old as dirt. Controlling people. What do you use to control people? Do you use incantations? Do you use nature? Do you use your moods? Do you use your spells? Do you use your thoughts? Do you use your vibes? Do you use your ways? What do you use to control people that is outside of the work of the Holy Spirit? Whatever you're using outside of the work of the Holy Spirit to control people, stop it. Anger, stop it. Anger is not meant to be a control mechanism or a weapon. It's meant to be something useful as an indicator for you to deal with something so that ultimately peace, not just calm, not just Okay, well, let's get rid of that. That's really uncomfortable. That's not peace. Peace is actually a presence. It's actually substance. Peace is more than just the removal of a problem. The removing of a problem doesn't produce peace. Peace is the result of relationship. Relationship with God and relationships with one another. Anger that is undealt with has a friction point that does not allow us to advance in relationships. It is a stopping point. It stops things so that we can deal with something that is problematic. So, it's important for us, first of all, not to let the sun go down. Meaning, don't store up more anger and more anger and more anger and let it increase. Because when it does come time to deal with it, it's going to come out all sideways and screwy. And also, using anger as a control mechanism. Religion? Religion is so filled with anger and complicated rules. Meant to intimidate people that are intimidatable. And so then those who aren't get this big muscle thing that goes on and says, well, I'll never let any religion tell me what to do. I don't need God. God and religion are two separate things. Religious, angry leaders. Jesus had a way of dealing with them. Very clear. He dealt with them with his authority and with truth. And he didn't let them rattle him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? If you are a person who has been rattled by angry people, one of the best things you can do is not let them rattle you or intimidate you at all. 
but to continue to move on and do your thing because what you have going on in your life is actually more powerful and carries more authority than they ever dreamed about without you raising your voice or trying to get large. I'm scanning my heart to see if there's anything else I want to add to this. And I think that that right there is a good place for us to stop and to pray. Father, thank you. <laughs> There's that word again, thank you. God, thank you. For your grace, for your mercy, for your peace. For your kindness, for your ability to be angry and be clear. And not condemn us, but to correct things. So that we can move on with relationships. Because like anything, anger is part of relationship, God. And I see that. I see that. I see that. And I ask you to help us see that so that we don't run from it or use it as a, use it as some sort of tool of control, God. Help us be a people that operate with the understanding that anger is something of an indicator and that we can function properly by looking at that indicator and understanding what it is that we need to do to address the situation. Your wisdom, God, is a supreme acquisition in this particular topic. Thank you for it. And we ask that it would find its way into our hearts, guided by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, I love you, and uh, here's, uh, I guess, a logical little recommendation, not so little. If you have anyone that you're angry with, that you need to settle things with, and it's been a while be since you've done that, just ask, ask the Lord to uh, dial things down in your life so that it can be dealt with but not with that, you know, doesn't require a cannon or a bazooka or a machine gun to tackle a mosquito. You know, let's make it appropriate. Outside of that, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, all that good stuff, drop us a line at liferonthefire at gmail.com. In the meantime, adios, amigos.